Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. A very active business week as we wind down the year in the UAE. I'll share some fundraising announcements. So two uh, startups, uh, one called Funbot, they raised $1.5 million. And another one called Trends, they raised $1 million. Uh, on a larger scale, well-known fintech companies, uh, Tamara out of Saudi and Tabby this week out of UAE have raised a debt round of 700 million. Uh, so they're both unicorns, they're both likely to list next year, which will make next year even more exciting as well. Uh, down in Abu Dhabi, we had Bayanat and Yassat announce a merger, an AI conglomerate worth $4 billion. Uh, so big activity down there this week. And the UAE government wasn't sort of ending the year uh, sleeping. They have announced lots of new laws across the wider business sector. One for media law, another one around anti-corruption, another one around mental health. Uh, so, so much going on. This isn't a roundup show. We're bringing you a fresh episode this week and it's a typical Dubai Works, amazing, inspiring story of a young entrepreneur uh, who's created something special and it launched in January and as we wind the year uh, down, uh, it comes 12 months into her business. So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, our guest is Hala Al-Shamari, who was raised in Dubai. She's a fashion designer and founder of the Home Pro fashion brand by Hala. Uh, so her designs are a reflection of her identity and heritage. Uh, she views her items as a perfect blend of boldness, timelessness, and prior to her launch of her business, she worked as an editorial assistant at Altaria Group. Welcome, Hala. Hi, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, about my Hala. Sure, so I'm Hala Al-Shamari. Um, I am the owner and founder of Bai Hala, uh, a homegrown brand, uh, proudly produced and designed in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Um, I've started this journey from 2019. Uh, I've always known that I wanted to be in the fashion industry and to have my own brand in the future. So um, 2019, after moving to Portugal, I decided to start being more serious about that. It was kind of a scary step to do. But I took the leap and I'm super happy I did that. Uh, so I started in Portugal. I did all my research there. I worked with a few factories over there. Um, so there are different uh, developments and um, I was... Manufacturing different factories and different places yeah, to source the products. Yeah, exactly. So I was, it's mostly in the north of Portugal. So I started the journey there. I uh, worked with a bunch of different factories, uh, but then COVID in 2020 hit and it hit the north of Portugal where the production of clothing is mostly there. So it's kind of slowed the whole process down. As you know, as a small brand, uh, my minimum order quantities are not that high. So for factories to be working with me, it's more of a liability for them because my quantities are low and to develop like one sample, one design could take a long time, you know, because it's not like I give them my technical drawing and then 
they can they perfect it from the first time. No, it's like they have to do first samples. We have to work on second samples, and sometimes it takes up to three samples. So it's a very long journey, and um, because of the COVID, whole COVID situation happening there, they weren't really prioritizing my work. They were working with bigger brands, and uh, so I kind of was fed up and uh, had to look for alternative places. And it's not easy to find factories to work with uh, startups because, as I mentioned, the low MOQ. So um, I was told that there is a factory in Beirut that uh, has really good quality of work. And so I went to Beirut. I uh, started working with them. Uh, we went super far ahead in the process. I was literally about to make the payment for the production. I bought the, the fabrics. We've perfected all the samples. We were going to go ahead and just, you know, everything was really smooth and well, but because of the explosion of the port in Beirut in August, August 2020, 2020, yeah, yeah um, it kind of took a great toll on the country. So unfortunately, the factory had to shut because there was no electricity, so they couldn't run the factory. Um, the workers were not able to get to work because there is no fuel in the country. So it was a big mess. And then you know, this is the second place I tried to do it. And then, you know, it kind of like closed in my face. So then I was like, okay, is this like a sign that I shouldn't do this? Or should I keep working on it? I was kind of lost. But then I knew that for me, my end goal in my life, like this is what I really wanted to do. So I couldn't give up. And then uh, I finally found another factory in New Delhi in India. Um, so I worked with them. I even went to New Delhi, um, my father always said to work with people, you have to go meet them and create an impression and have a good relationship. So I did that. I, it was a great experience. I got to see the factories, how it was working, the work environment. It's very important for me to um, make sure that, you know, the the work ethic, the the factory owners, they respect, you know, their workers and they give them good working conditions. So everything went well. I actually produced my first collection with them. Um, but it was it's like something different working with like outside of the UAE, especially like in fashion. My garments are not like T-shirts and trousers and basic cuts and basic silhouettes. Um, it's very like open silhouettes, like draped here, you know, so... The going back and forth with samples, like, okay, make this one inch smaller, make this like a bit longer, you know, time was wasted waiting for samples to arrive, money was wasted. So randomly, a friend of mine told me that his, uh, he knows someone that does really good production in the UAE and they make really good uh, production for bigger brands in the UAE, so especially like specifically in Dubai. So I was like, okay, let me give that a try. So I gave that a try and it worked really well. And now I'm super happy that I made that decision of just sticking to Dubai. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I am kind of a stubborn person and I wanted to see different places and I got to experience different markets and how they work and 
so far, honestly, it's been the smoothest here because I'm hands-on in production. Any problem, it could be like sorted within a few hours. But, you know, you have to go around and you have to learn and experience to see what the end result works best for you. And thankfully, that worked really well for me here in Dubai. So it makes me super happy to like have it originate here in Dubai and uh, produce in the UAE as because like, you know, the UAE right now supports local brands, businesses, talents, uh, which in the recent years have become better and better. Like five, six years ago, it was harder to find production in Dubai or like Ajman or Sharjah or Abu Dhabi, but now it's a lot more accessible and it's a lot more easier to start a brand or a company, you know, the trade license and uh, just the business uh, experience of developing a brand is a lot easier than what it used to be. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing that you've that journey is quite cool, but also the manufacturing part in the UAE. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have made that bet over the years uh, and uh, they often speak highly of it. But the temptation is to go to different places. Or, yeah. You know, people don't actually realize how much manufacturing can be done here across industry, across sector. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just going back a little bit. Uh, so it's, it's fascinating because often we see brands emerge online or brands emerge and uh, th- there's new trends that we'll get into later, like, fa- you know, like drop shipping and, uh, you know, not actually being close to the product. But uh, what you seem to have done is more of a traditional. If I asked you this question as a fashion designer in the 70s, you'd probably tell a similar story. Uh, whereas usually now it's more like, oh, I set up a, a channel online and I found like a print on demand or type of thing. So what what makes about what you're trying to do sort of, I know timeless is one of the words they have to describe it, but it seems like a more traditional route to being a designer. It, you know, did you study design? Uh, you know, and what made you think that you're going to go down the traditional route? So, yeah, I did study fashion design. I studied here in Dubai and Esmond University. Uh, it was a three-year course of fashion design and pattern drafting. So I, we were really hands like in with like learning how to stitch. So I know the details. I know the clean finishing. I know the different types of fabrics, what works, what doesn't work. So um, that was very important for me to know because now when I go and meet suppliers, I know exactly what I'm presenting them. And I know they know that I'm not just someone they can just give me a product and then I'll be happy with it because I get very technical with it. And I, to be honest, like in the the idea was always like, let's go out of the UAE or let's go to the Western world and, you know, manufacture like made in Portugal sounds a lot better than made in UAE, Dubai. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't really necessarily work anymore because, funny enough, I did work with Portugal and it was very hard for me to get the kind of silhouettes that I was looking for. Um, the the drapes on the dresses, they weren't really understanding my concept as much as here. Uh, so the whole idea of, you know, going to the West to get better manufacturing is not necessarily true. You know, you have here great craftsmanship. Um, in the UAE and yeah. 
And for someone who studied design, you obviously wanted to work in the fashion design, you want to work in the fashion industry. There, there are, I guess, a few options. One, you could work on in a famous fashion label or you could work as a buyer, you could work under other people. Was that something you considered? Um, I feel like here in the UAE, it's kind of hard to work for a fashion label. There aren't there are many, obviously, brands, but they're not very big. So working as a designer is not really something I wanted to do. And, you know, funny enough, having um, getting a job after university was not easy at all. Like if I had the opportunity to work for a big brand, like there is many multiple big brands based in the UAE, like Bugessa or All Things Mochi or uh, Romani. But they don't provide that, you know. So I ended up working um, as a editorial assistant in UNAS, and it was had nothing to do with the creative side of fashion. It was very Excel sheets and uh, predicting trends. And then I didn't really, like, give me that flow of starting my thing. So when I left that job, and that's when I knew, okay, this is where I have to make my own fate and like work my way and have my own brand and then develop something that will grow so big that I will have people, you know, that fresh graduates from the UAE, they can come and work for a brand like proudly, like in the UAE. And you know, to have that dream and ambition is amazing, but also to have the confidence to go and do it versus if it mightn't be available in the region, but you know, did you did it, it cross your mind to maybe work in London or Paris or New York uh, and get some experience? Or did you think that? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I've tried to do that. Um, the thing about working in Paris, Milan, Italy and um, in Europe, it's hard because you need to speak the language. So that was a big barrier. Um, London, I tried to get an internship, actually, and it was going to go through, but they were not providing visa um, options. And as an Iraqi person, um, it's hard for me to go and get a job opportunity there. So it's like it wasn't very easy to kind of get these kind of jobs, especially coming from United Arab Emirates. They they would more like rather get students from Parsons or, you know, universities that are in Western world, you know, that are much more renowned and like famous rather than like uh, a student coming from Dubai. Super competitive. And yeah. they, they have their usual like design courses that they're familiar from recruiting from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you kind of were left with no option but yeah. to go at yourself. Exactly. So that's why in 2019, I was like, you know what? This is this is like my chance. I have to do this. Uh, I have to do this for myself. I'm not going to be waiting around for people to hire me and to let me know that my work is good. So I have to make that impression for myself. Yeah. And talk us a little bit about like the concept. Like how did you come up with it and what did you decide to launch with and because there's many options, right? Like there's yeah. many, it's a vast industry. So. Yeah, it's it's huge. Like uh, fashion world is huge. But uh, so finding the name was the hardest part for me because I'm very indecisive as a person. And I was going back and forth with different names. And then I just t told myself, I'm like, you know what? My name is Hala, which means welcome in Arabic. And it's easy. It's like like easy to pronounce it's uh, you can remember it so I was like you know what like I'm just gonna go ahead with that 
Uh, and, you know, my my signature has always been there, like ever since university, um, our third year university, we had to create a whole collection, nine looks. Uh, we went to South Korea to Seoul to source fabrics. We had to design everything and create everything from A to Z. So I knew since then what my kind of taste was like. And I'm happy that I found my touch since like a younger age. So I kind of like developed that into my brand and I kept it true to myself and what I like, um, which I'm learning every day, like how to adapt and how to change. And sometimes now that I know I launched in January 2023, so it's very fresh. I'm learning every day. Um, what I learned now so far is that I don't only have to design for myself because, you know, there are different types of women uh, in the region and they dress differently. So I want to cater to a bigger audience, but still keep my touch and keep my brand ethic and um, my taste and to everything. At the, at the start, do you, when you're coming up with a fashion label and a brand, do you make a conscious decision to be like haute couture or fast fashion or yeah. consumer? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to stay very far away from fast fashion. Um, I don't want to, there's already so many brands out there. There's a lot of waste happening from fashion. I did not want to be another contributor to that. That's why like production in an ethical manner is super important. Sourcing material um, that is uh, not necessarily polyester. So I try my best to stay away from that. Stick to like linen, cotton, viscose, uh, silks. Um, it's super hard. So what was hard. the third one? Linen, cotton? Viscose. What's that? It's, uh, it's like a better, better for the environment like uh, material than using polyester, which is purely plastic. Um, so... For a small brand, it's harder to, you know, work with better materials, but I'm trying my best to stick to that because obviously having polyester is so much cheaper than creating something with like pure cotton. But uh, hopefully in the future, you know, the more I grow, the more I have funds to have better materials and better resources, yeah. but I'm still sticking to that. So no fast fashion for me. I'm a super, super small production. I like to do uh, small scale quantities. If I sell out from something, then it's gone to create that demand uh, of, okay, this is not there anymore. So it's also like works well with um, the consumers, you know, they know, okay, this is going to sell out. Then I, can't get a uh it's not gonna be launched again so maybe that will push them more into like purchasing um instantly rather than just waiting so yeah i've i always wanted to be like um a mid to high like something in between that i didn't want to make it super cheap because of the materials i'm using i can't also because of the low uh, quantities it's impossible for me to have my production cost low which is something I battle like struggle with all the time but hopefully the more I grow it will get easier because if I have let's say if I'm making um, a dress and I'm making five pieces out of that versus a hundred pieces that will affect the cost like by a lot but uh We'll see how everything progresses, but so far I want to keep it as ethical as I can. Uh, so, like you know, 
you know, they can, you, so one can buy a dress for a hundred dirham, a few hundred dirham, and one can buy a dress for thousands of dirhams. Do you go in the middle? Is that the kind of, yeah. depending on yeah. materials, depending on production, depending yes. on, you know, units of economics? Or, yeah. yeah, because you know, the, the funny thing is like, you can go into like a, a high-end department store and that's something I really enjoy doing. And I go and I see these brands are selling dresses for um, a huge amount of money. And then I'm looking at the finishing and the finishing is something you can get off, something you can buy fast fashion. The material is as well. Um, not, not everyone would spot that. Yeah. Like you, you can't. Yeah. yeah. You know, so then I'm like wondering, like people are literally just buying things for the name and for the brand rather than actually looking at quality of work and putting money where, okay, you know, sometimes you buy things that are expensive, but it justifies it because the material is amazing. You know, it will last you for years, but yeah, so I'm kind of in between that. And uh, so January 2023, you brought us up to, you know, after 2020, you decide to manufacture in India, then in Dubai, UAE, uh, and you have the name. So just fill in the rest of the, the period before launch. Uh, did you get a license? Do you, you know, do you have a, is there a fashion license or that allows you to do that and then distribution and, and also coming up with the first uh, first range. Yeah, so um, the amazing thing is because I'm just solely e-commerce, so I only have a website, um, It's you can actually get a license. Uh, you don't need to spend 10,000 on a trade license. You can spend, I spent like 1,500 dirhams on an e-commerce license because I'm uh, working digitally is that in the e-commerce free zone near yeah. the airport is that the one yeah okay. so it's a uh, just solely for e-commerce but it, for instance if i was going to start selling in retail then i would obviously have to get another license but that was super easy like the website everything was straight to the point you just uh pay for the license and you are good to go mm. Uh, so, so, okay, you have the website, you have the license, you have the name. Uh, what did you launch with? I launched with um, my first collection was like a kind of a tribute to my family. So I kind of designed things that I obviously loved. And then I named each piece after my sisters because I'm a youngest of five daughters. So um, it kind of felt nice, resonated nice with me to give that tribute because I am in the fashion field because of growing up with so many sisters, always being around, you know, feminine energy, hair, makeup, clothes, fashion. So this was like a tribute for them, uh, for allowing me to pursue this, you know, helping me find my path. Amazing. And how did that go? Or how did, uh, yeah, what was it received like? And so are they, are they dresses that you launched with? Yeah, so I launched with uh, seven products. Um, it's with different different things. So I launched with a few dresses, short, maxi um, sets, uh, tops, pants. Uh, I actually launched with uh, uh, during a pop up. So uh, I have really good friends of mine, Raha and Fuad. They they really want to support UAE based fashion brands. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to participate. So that was a great way to launch. And it was really well because I had a lot of support. Everybody came to support and even people um, who are 
around the pop-up or coming in the pop-up, they really liked uh, the stuff I was having. And it's always the best compliment for me when people touch my material and they see the finishing and they're like, wow, the quality is great. Like, this is exactly what I wanted, you know? Um, so it was really good. Okay, amazing. And did you did you have to raise funding? Did you bootstrap it, or how did you go about it? No, I um, no, I did not do that. I uh, my father, uh, he helped me uh, launch my brand, so he's uh, helping me fund that. And slowly throughout the year now, I'm for now like my latest collection. I've done part like partially like half of the production was from the money I made like for the year of my sales. So that felt good. It was rewarding that I've used my money into putting it back into the business. And hopefully the this process and the goal is that I will be solely funded by my brand. That's amazing. So so it sounds like that you're doing it, you know, focus on the product. You, uh, you know, you're manufacturing in the UAE. You, you have you leading it. Uh, the, you, you would be the designer and the the operator of the business. I am doing everything from <laughs> A to Z. I am running around fabric shopping. I am any problem with the website. I am changing the banners on the website. I am in charge of the payments. Like I'm a one man show. <laughs> <laughs> one man show. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So th that's good that you get your hands in because you, you can really feel the business and yeah. make decisions and it also keeps it quite lean as yeah. well. So the only bit that's outsourced is the manufacturing. But yeah. You do all the marketing yourself, the website, social media, everything, everything, everything I do myself. I do have a marketing company that I work with. Um, they uh, do my ads for me and uh they do all of the technical things. E yeah. Okay. Thank God, because I can't do it all, to be honest. Uh, but everything else, I'm super happy to be like hands on with everything. I'm very meticulous about my work and I wouldn't like I respect people's opinion, but it just keep it like that's the only thing I want from <laughs> you. Like I don't I would not want anyone to tell me how I should be running my business because I want to keep it original and keep it me and myself uh and see how that would work. Yeah, amazing. And it sounds like a, a organic way to grow. Have you had much interest from the wider industry and, and how's the year gone that, that way? Have, have other fashion groups sort of looked and said, oh, that's interesting or? Um, yeah, like it's still very, I do get. Um, Some comments and yeah feedback. i do i get approached every now and then so like now for example i'm uh i got approached to participate in a festival and happening in abu dhabi called uh, mother of the nation yeah so i'm uh participating now uh, i even created a collection just for that because i know the demographic in abu dhabi is more emirati more uh like uh I don't want to say conservative, but more modest wear. So I created things that would cater to them, uh, but still keeping the essence of the brand. So I do get approached to participate in pop-ups, uh, which always feels good because I feel like, okay, people are knowing the brand. They, they see it uh, and they want it to be there. So this is makes me very happy and it's big steps amazing and where do you get your inspiration you mentioned before the show that you've been to india a lot obviously with the suppliers but uh 
where do you get your kind of yeah inspiration and how do you come up with the colors and everything if this is exactly it like traveling is a huge source of inspiration you know uh everywhere i go the colors of places i always like take pictures like seeing uh traditional wear like what people wear and try to make it more modern i always like to um make want to make women feel very um empowered with what they're wearing uh i want whenever whoever wears my brand i want them to feel you know very confident and uh yeah so the confidence of your brand brings it out in people exactly so when when yeah because it, you know sometimes i'm not too close with the fashion industry but i think inspiration and travel is something you'll often hear of exactly like we, i know of some european designers who get inspiration in egypt and yeah. other people go to different places yeah. and things like that so i'm like for now i'm wearing a dress called the jaipur slip dress because i bought this fabric in jaipur it's hand printed so as soon as i saw that dress i was like this is something i have to have in my collection so it's always as well like browsing for um fabrics that's where i almost get my most inspiration like uh how i can work with this what i can do with that so i sometimes work first with fabrics and then i move into the design rather than having a design and moving to fabric so it's a mix of everything to be honest but you know travel seeing different cultures uh being around different people the way people have different styles so i grew up 24 years in Dubai I also lived in Melbourne which was a huge change the style, fashion there is completely different I also lived in Lisbon which also is a very different uh, fashion so it's like a bit of here and there so I like to mix everything that I've been surrounded with and kind of now making it my own And what do you think of you know this is really interesting topic the the fashion of the Middle East today the kind of modest type modern fashion and style do you, you know we've seen Dubai emerge as sort of a culinary destination and but now there's more fashion weeks there's more inspiration there's other designers that are getting well known in the region what do you think that the the kind of people will be able to comment on the region as being designer led in the future 100% like the fact that there is now Dubai Fashion Week which is great you don't see any other like uh, city other than your main Paris Milan New York London and now there is Dubai you know a small country that is being prominent in this world right now everybody wants to be in Dubai they want to see what Dubai is about so you know people come here like for example the giving movement is a great example and big inspiration for me like i was walking around in madrid this summer and i saw a couple wearing the giving movement and for a second i just stopped and i was like wow like i'm super proud that makes me really happy you know like we need to start changing the narrative as to like we just want western brands and we respect and you know uh we want to buy from them it's now time to shift that and we want the world to see that we have potential in this region we have great talent whether it's like brands fashion brands uh food um businesses companies you know there is a lot to see in this region so it's slowly slowly i feel like we're going to start shifting that by you know dubai fashion week and it will obviously now it's still small but in 10 years down the line it could be 
huge and I'm super happy to jump on this while it's still small and happening you know <laughs> definitely as an emerging industry in the emerging market but what's your view as a designer you know to p- would people get off a plane in dubai and say you know, people kind of comment oh dubai bling or they say there's a lot of, lots of good looking people in dubai or whatever but they don't necessarily think and maybe this is just me but may, you know if you get to new york you kind of go oh they're a bit hip like they mm. dress like that or london they dress like that like do you think that um do you think that Dubai can is a bit edgy or do you think that people can be inspired with what they see in the malls and on the beach clubs and stuff? I feel like it depends where you go to be honest. Uh but there's such diverse because you know yeah. Dubai is so multicultural. You have different people from all over the world. So all these different people they have different tastes, different fashion styles. But there isn't really one particular way to define the fashion in the UAE. But what I can say is that people in Dubai are always well dressed. Like you can go anywhere, people look polished, they look clean. Like um, they, some people, if you go to Sarkal Avenue, like that's a whole different demographic where people are very edgy and hip. They, uh, you know, um, express themselves by wearing uh, more daring outfits. Um, if you go to like DIFC, you have women and men dressed like like to perfection. You know, it's like a fashion show mm. almost. So it's very entertaining to see. And I'm sure like when people come from abroad, they're like, wow, people here are very well dressed. They're very like polished. Uh, as to when you travel to other places, you know, you kind of see different kind of vibes, uh, different personalities. But I feel like here collectively, everyone really puts effort in trying to look good and keep a, a good image of the way they present themselves. Yeah, fair, good answer, yeah. And talking a little bit more about the fashion industry, I kind of alluded it to it earlier, but, you know, we see uh, we see fast fashion is going through a phase. You know, the Zara-type brands that sort of took over the world and all the famous ones in the US for the last sort of three or four decades. Uh, and then it's sort of evolving to a Shein or Shein a style of, you know, using data and print on demand and not making huge collections, but basically showing designs up when they think that the trend volume is there and then selling those. And that seems to be doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of ethical and problems with the industry at that side. But in terms of what the consumers want, uh, it's, it's fast fashion is evolving a bit. Uh, you know, what do you, what's your view of that outside of your brand and what you've chosen to do? So for me, like fast fashion, basically like Zara and Shein, these kind of brands, what they do is they, so fashion weeks happen and they pick up on what will be like a big hit. And then they start production of replicating these items of clothing so i've know for example uh, a brand in the uae called uh, lafshar she does bags she also is a asmod graduate so her bags uh, kind of blew up uh, and she started seeing zara replicating her brands really? so i feel like as a designer what if i'm gonna create something and i'm gonna if it's going to become famous and then I see it replicated, it's kind of like, you know, annoying, but they're selling it at a price point, which is hard to beat, you know? So you're not, you're not always going to go and buy the original. You're obviously like, we've all done it, you know, we all buy from these uh, uh, places, but uh, as designers, it could be annoying to see how they replicate your work. And people obviously will buy that because of the price point. 
But, you know, hopefully people will start not wanting this fast fashion, new item every weekend, every outfit. They'll start appreciating um, wearing and buying uh, clothing that's more timeless, that could be worn multiple times, dressing it in different ways. So... uh, from a sustainable point yeah, of view as well. That's yeah, better. exactly. Yeah. So hopefully just, you know, also like with honestly fast fashion, the, the sizing is not that great. So the material as well, like oftentimes I would buy something. Obviously I'm guilty. I would also buy from these uh, places, but it's like immediately you feel like you wear it and you feel it looks cheap. You know, it's not like, it's not something that makes you feel good. Mm. So... Hopefully with time, people will start appreciating like more like homegrown brand labels and appreciating the work and the material and the price point that comes with it. Mm. You've obviously started your business and you sort of committed to this industry, but it does seem like a very difficult time to be entering into the fashion world. It seems, you know, e-commerce is taking over uh, big brands and uh, it just seems very hard to cut through. what's what's your sort of view on that like do you do you think uh you know do do you think it's possible to uh create something meaningful or do you think uh, yeah absolutely like it's super hard the market is so saturated globally regionally everywhere like fashion is way too saturated but i feel like to start people now especially with what's happening politically in the world people are starting to realize let's support local brands that support our region you know so if people here start like investing more into companies brands rather than going um to the west or outside this region um i feel like that would be a great step you know um we all like need to support each other in order for us to grow so why not start by supporting local brands instead of like buying a dress from somewhere you're ordering online which will take a few days to arrive and then if it arrives and then it doesn't fit well then you're like stuck with oh should i return it or should i just keep it in my closet and never wear it again rather than buying something from the uae and then having same day or next day delivery and having returns easy returns you know so i feel like it is super competitive and it is hard and oftentimes i wonder i'm like oh maybe i should just quit this and uh have a nine to five and have an easy life but i believe that it will work and i feel like the story that i have you know i really want to break the stereotypes of you know how the world perceives middle eastern women and how we dress oftentimes people come to dubai and they're shocked they're like oh wow like it's uh very diverse here it's like very open you know they think of us when i moved to melbourne they're like oh do you guys have to work wear the burqa like do you have to be covered like some people have no idea what the Mm -hmm. middle east is like they think we're this old school uh close-minded uh culture but it's not just that like now we're developing we're growing so i want the brand to go global and to reach different parts of the world and for the name to be very prominent as to like this is a middle eastern brand like women in dubai an iraqi designer is designing things like that so it's cool like when i see huda beauty um also iraqi yeah yeah also iraqi 
super makes me super happy when I go to like Sephora in uh, Portugal or anywhere in the world and I see her stand there. So I'm like, you know, this is great. This is a great step. And the whole world loves her. The whole world loves her product. So she kind of like made that breakthrough. There is also like Amina Moadi who has, uh, she's a, a shoe designer uh, and she also blew up, which is like great because another Middle Eastern woman. So like slowly, slowly, um, big Middle Eastern brands are reaching global. And I feel like I know it's competitive, but I know if I keep pushing and persevering and, you know, not getting lost to my like goals and future, then it will happen because everything takes time, you know, and if you work on things, uh, even if it like, if it's slow, if you have setbacks and all of that, but if you keep pushing, things will work. Brilliant, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and you know, it sounds like material and the garments that you choose are important to you, yet you do a lot of your uh, sales online. Uh, what's your plan like to get it in the dresses into the hands of people before they, to try it, to try it on? Like, do you have distribution partners lined up? And you know, next year, do you prefer to be, would you plan to be available on sale in stores? So as of now, I do a lot of pop-ups and uh, that's a great way for people who follow the brand and like the brand, they can come, they try things on. And Where I, do you do the pop-ups? I, different places. Uh, right now, like I told you, I'm doing the Mother of the Nation in Abu Dhabi. I do uh, at Paws Cafe. They have really great pop-ups once a month uh, for like homegrown brands. Um, very great market over there. Um and I also do same day delivery or next day delivery and free returns. So it's super easy for someone to order something. They try it on. They like it. They don't like it. Return it. Like no hassle whatsoever. And my like future goals now after I've just working on my portfolio, I would like to approach UNAS, uh, put my stuff there um, with them, present it with them. And obviously I want, I would like to get into retail space, but I feel like I still need to work on that portfolio, create that demand for the brand, for companies to really want my brand there. Mm. So that's the aim and the goal. Yeah. That's a good way around it as well. I'd like to, for people to come to you as well. Yeah. And, and so the plan for next year then, Halala, you know, looking into sec, this is your first full year in business. So next year, what more of the same or what do you have planned? Um, yeah, so a lot of things in plan. So different strategies of the way I launch things, uh, more products when I launch. So when I first launched, I was like, okay, I will do uh, small like quantities of designs, put that out. But what I learned is that when you launch with a, a wider range of products, you have more people that will some things can fit with this person some person this can fit with the other person so definitely have a wider range of collection when launching um and now that i've understood that i need to cater to more people more women um who like particularly like my friends who come and tell me oh i would love to wear this but i can't because of a body type or something so now i'm more aware to keep that into consideration for women who can't wear particular things, I want them to be buying for the brand as well. And yeah, the goal is just to get into big retail, uh, like e-commerce brands like Unas, to be honest, that's uh, the dream, the goal, and to get into Netta Porter, Farfetch. So hopefully in the next year, 
I'll be talking to you in uh, December 2024, <laughs> and then you'll see my uh, stock and my brand Amazing. there. It's I, I like it. It's kind of traditional, but you also know that the consumers are on digital and are on e-commerce. Uh, but also, you know, what's your view? Sort of, is this region enough? Like, uh, can you can you build a brand to where you want to go? in this emerging market, do you believe that the region will emerge and be more prosperous? Uh, or do you sort of have a more global uh, viewer eventually having to get out, get, get, be available elsewhere? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely want to go global. I feel like um, with the things that I design and the brand that I have, it could cater to vast majority kind of people, women in the world, like uh, someone in Europe could be wearing my brand, someone in Australia could be wearing my brand, someone in the US. So I really want to tap into that international uh, market as well. So it's just right now my focus is to, you know, excel here and move forward from there. But like I said, I want the brand to be global the end goal is for people to look at a Middle Eastern brand and, you know, respect it and come shopping. You know, like if you're traveling, like now you go to places, I don't know about you, but I would be like, oh, I want to go to this particular store in this country, in this city that is from there to shop from there. So that's the end goal. Hopefully people will be coming to Dubai for a holiday and they would want to visit, you know, my store and they would want to purchase from me. So. I'm sure that will happen. Well, it's been brilliant talking to you today. It's a fascinating story and very inspiring for many others. Uh, Thank thanks you. for sharing it. And I'm sure we'll follow by Helen in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was a great uh, conversation with Hala and uh, I hope you got some lessons from it. I certainly was impressed uh, and we wish her well in the future. Uh, we'll probably have her back on in a year to, as she said, to uh, see how it's all gone. Uh, thank you, as always, to Alibaba and Hamid Hashem, who put together the show. This is available on Smashy.tv, streaming app, streaming service, smart TV apps, mobile apps. Uh, if you're listening on audio, which most of you are, please do like, comment, uh, subscribe, or, and share with anyone. Uh, as usual, we, we go live at 11 o'clock on Fridays, and then it goes out at 2 or 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, so it's a weekend listen. Uh, and you can catch up on all the articles on Love in Dubai about these shows. Uh, the news I mentioned at the start, you can get all that on Smashy Business on Instagram or elsewhere. This was a Smashy Business production as part of the Gustus Media Podcast Network. Chat to you next week.